Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Today Session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 331 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much once again for joining us as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are covering Doctrine and Covenants sections 135 to 136 in the week of November the 22nd to November the 28th. And today we're going to continue with our study of section 135 and look at the martyrdom of the Prophet Joseph Smith and the Patriarch of the Church, Hiram Smith. Um, I mean, Hiram was actually uh, at this stage considered an, an assistant president of the church as well. Um, it's likely that if Hiram had not died along with Joseph, that, that the individuals would have considered Hiram to be the next leader of the church. Such was his importance in this uh, dispensation. And so this is why a local, a local newspaper um, stated when, they, when the martyrdom of the prophets Joseph and Hiram had come out, uh, that's why it, it, fought, it prophesied or, or tried to prophesy the sense Mormonism. Um, and of course, um, the church did not stop there. Uh, and it continued because the Lord's work cannot be stopped. Um, and we'll talk about that later on. But moving on uh, with this uh, section we're looking at now, uh, section 135, um, it's interesting that in verse 3 we get this list because we often like to ask this question once a while, once in a while, particularly when we're studying the martyrdom, but when we're just considering the prophet Joseph Smith. Um, I've had this question asked a few times now. Can you think of all the things that Joseph revealed uh, as when he was living as the prophet. Um, now in the verse 3 of section 135, it says, in the short space of 20 years, when actually, when you think about it, if we take it from the point where he started translating the Book of Mormon, uh, it was less than 20 years. Um, but of course, the first vision uh, fell just on the outside of 20 years, about 24 years. Um, but it is, you know, a very remarkably short space of time uh, to consider what he has done or what he brought uh, through the restoration. So let's go through this list. It says he brought forth the Book of Mormon, which he translated by the gift and power of God and has been the means of publishing it on two continents, has sent the fullness of the everlasting gospel, which it contained to the four quarters of the earth. This has brought, has brought actually before I go forward, interesting comment there it says about printing it on two continents i mean yeah that's completely the case uh, it was being printed in the united states and it was being printed and published in the in the united kingdom uh, and so that's pretty incredible when you consider that particularly in a world in the mid 1800s where printing books was a much more slow and much more difficult task um i mean today you can publish a book quite easily in two continents, if it's a good enough book, perhaps as the Book of Mormon is. Um, but back then, that was a huge um, um, so, um, accomplishment. Also has brought forth the revelations and commandments which compose this Book of Doctrine and Covenants and many other wise documents and instructions to the benefit of the children of men, gathered many thousands of Latter-day Saints, founded a great city, left a name and fame that cannot be slain, he lived great, he died great in the eyes of God and his people, and like most of the Lord's anointed in ancient times, has sealed his mission and his words with his own blood. And so has his brother Hiram. In life they were not divided, and in death they were not separated. Um, 
it's interesting because um, it that's just a snapshot, obviously. Focus, focusing perhaps on the scriptures that Joseph brought, um, where it tells us what he has brought. But actually that then doesn't go into exactly what those scriptures taught and testified. A clearer understanding of the atonement, uh, the understanding that um, God is our loving Heavenly Father and that we are literally his spirit children, um, that um, we have the ability to become like our Heavenly Father uh, through following the, his plan of happiness, which of course brings the understanding of where we came before this life, where we go immediately after we die, uh, how grace and how the Saviour's atonement works in our lives and after our lives to help us receive a level of um, glory and salvation after this life. No matter who you are, whether you follow Christ or not, except for the few sons of perdition, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ in its clarity and simplicity of having faith, being able to repent on a daily basis, receive the ordinance of baptism, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, um, and the principle that we can give these ordinances, these life-saving ordinances and covenants, which help us come close to the Saviour uh, in holy temples. I mean, that's just the beginning um, of all of all that was brought. Uh, and so the Prophet Joseph has revealed a great many things in this dispensation for our salvation, Um but of course, you know, people question about him uh, and about what he did and what kind of character he was. And Neil L. Anderson said, quote, How should we respond to a sincere inquirer who is concerned about negative comments he or she has heard or read about the prophet Joseph Smith? Of course, we always welcome honest and genuine questions. To questions about Joseph's character, we might share the words of thousands who knew him personally and who gave their lives for the work he, established, he helped establish. John Taylor, who was shot four times by the mob that killed Joseph, would later testify, I testify before God, angels and men, that Joseph was a good, honourable and virtuous man. That his private and public character was unimpeachable, and that he lived and died as a man of God. Close quote. I mean, this is really important. Um, and... We obviously hear many things about Joseph Smith and many questions and many uncertainties about him and his character. Um, but it's interesting that um, we get all these accusations and all these um, these things said about him from people who live, you know, nearly 200 years before he was on the earth. Um, and the fact is, is that they are speaking from personal opinion. They're speaking from looking at the evidence and the uh, sources from history and then making assumptions from our 21st century perspective. When actually, when you look at the evidence we have in the in the positive for Joseph, it far, far exceeds uh, the negative. Um, all the witnesses we have in saints, all the testimonies of the Prophet Joseph and his character, um, and the fact that we have so many documents from the Prophet Joseph, personal journals, letters, diaries, and all of these indicate that he was a, a innocent and honest individual. Uh, I just think there's so many things that point to him being a, a true prophet, but also a good person. 
Um, because sometimes the discussion isn't even around whether he's a prophet or not. It's around whether he was a good person or not. And was just trying to swindle people uh, out of their lives and out of their possessions. But, you know, you look at the evidence, you look at the, the records, and that just does not come through at all. So either he is, you know, the greatest um, kind of person to lie and, and, and the greatest deceiver in history, or, or he just was an honest person who was teaching things and, and doing things which other people didn't like. <laughs> uh, and I think that that is a much more likely scenario. Um, in verse 4, it says, When Joseph went to Carthage to deliver himself up to the pretended requirements of the law, two or three days previous to his assassination, he said, I am going like a lamb to the slaughter. I am calm as a summer's morning. Um, and this, this here starts a... Um, an account of what happens previous to the assassination. I'm going to I'm going to close by this quote from Joseph B. Worth, and he said, "Quote: We see an example of individual peace amidst strife and contention <clears throat> in the life of the Prophet Joseph Smith. Near the end of his life, he was at the center of a whirlwind of turmoil and tribulation caused by devious associations, false accusations, and cunning plots against his life. Yet, a few days before his death." He said, I am a calm as the summer's morning. Uh, his inner peace sustained him through mon monumental adversities, even his own martyrdom. Peace is more than a lofty ideal. It is a practical principle that with conscious effort can become a normal part of our lives as we uh, deal with matters both large and small. One habit that prevents inner peace is procrastination. It clutters our minds with unfinished business and makes us uneasy until we finish a task and get it out of our way. We are at peace in our church callings when we, when we do the work at the proper time instead of waiting for the last possible moment. This is true of going to the temple often, performing our home teaching and visiting teaching assignments, preparing lessons and talks and doing other assignments. Close quote. Peace can come in our lives. And we can see this because the Prophet Joseph had peace as he made his way to what he knew was going to be his death. Thank you very much for listening today. I uh, hope, hope you enjoyed the, the, the bite-sized study. Please continue to share the podcast, share, and you can share the Facebook group, and also email session at gmail.com to share your feedback and thoughts and what you've studied. Thank you very much for your time, and until we meet again. <laughs>